Today is the 73rd anniversary of D-Day. The most massive amphibious assault in military history saw 156,000 Allied troops land on the beaches of Normandy. Supported by almost 7,000 naval vessels and over 11,000 aircraft, Allied forces secured a foothold in German-occupied Europe. In the show notes, I'll include a few links to some of my favorite books about D-Day, and if you know anyone that served in World War II, tell them thank you. And now, back to the show. This is The Space Shot, episode 23 for June 6th, 2017. The Spacewalker. Hey everyone, welcome to The Space Shot, your daily space history, pop culture, and news fix. I'm John Molnix. Today we're going to catch up with Gene Cernan, whose spacewalk during the Gemini 9 mission didn't exactly go as planned. After the failed docking attempt with the ATDA, Gene Cernan spent the next day preparing for the second American spacewalk. A few minutes into the EVA, Stafford and Cernan had this brief exchange. Cernan, it's a strange world out here. You know it? To which Stafford replied, yes. The stuff looks like the frame of a Ford, except... Cernan cut in. Come back here, camera, before Stafford could finish his comment. Stafford was surely mentioning a movie frame, specifically one shot by John Ford, a film director renowned for shooting long shots, in which he would contrast human characters against the vast terrain of the American West. The view that Stafford had of Cernan, framed against the backdrop of space and Earth, was the cosmic equivalent of what John Ford did in his westerns. In spite of the incredible views that Cernan was enjoying, his EVA wasn't going as smoothly as he had hoped. Cernan had been dealing with a number of issues, from how small movements get magnified by weightlessness, to the lack of handrails on the spacecraft. The suit's umbilical cord wasn't very useful either, since it didn't help with moving around when it had slack, and it would get in the way at times when there was too little slack. One of the issues that Cernan began to deal with as the EVA progressed was his suit's temperature. Stafford asked, How's the temperature inside the suit, Gene? Hot and warm on my back. Hot and warm on your back? I can imagine the sun beating down on you. It was found out later that Cernan had torn the back of his suit slightly, compromising the thermal protection of his spacesuit. As the temperature inside his spacesuit fluctuated, his suit's environmental system struggled to keep up with the rising temperature. As the temperature fluctuated between the day and the night sides of the orbit, Cernan's sweat began to accumulate, fogging up the visor of his spacesuit and preventing him from being able to see out of it at all. Right around the time that Cernan was preparing to test the AMU, or the Astronaut Maneuvering Unit, he was unable to do so for a few reasons. The foggy visor meant that Cernan had a hard time hooking into the AMU. Without being able to secure himself in the harness, it prevented him from being able to actually use the AMU, as it required Cernan to be strapped in in order to be operated. Cernan later recalled in an interview at Johnson Space Center that there are very few ways to train for zero gravity, particularly for long periods. Conversely, Cernan also noted in his interview that we know that a human being is capable of doing far more physiologically and psychologically than we ever dreamed of. When I walked in space in Gemini 9, doctors are saying, oh, he's going to get space euphoria. He's going to travel 18,000 miles an hour. He's going to feel like he's falling out of the sky. Baloney. You adapt very quickly. My relative motion was to my spaceship. We were going over the ground. 
across the United States in 15 minutes. I say big deal. Well, it was a big deal, but we know that we're capable of doing, and the goal is to get us to the moon. The goal is not to complicate the method on how we're going to get there. Gemini 9 splashed down on this day in 1966, and a short time later the crew and capsule were recovered by the USS Wasp. The USS Wasp also recovered astronauts Jim Lovell and Buzz Aldrin after their final flight of Project Gemini in November 1966. Even though the docking attempt and the EVA weren't successful during the Gemini 9A mission, these incidents taught NASA valuable lessons about how to improve for future Gemini and later Apollo flights. Without gaining the experience of the Gemini program, the Apollo program would not have happened. Gemini allowed NASA to develop rendezvous and docking procedures, EVA techniques, and to build up the duration of missions past the number of days required for a moon mission. Before I close for today, I wanted to mention that this is the 46th anniversary of the launch of the ill-fated Soyuz 11 mission to the world's first space station, Salyut 1. On June 30th, I'll have more about this mission. Tomorrow, we talk about Joseph von Fraunhofer, optical glass, the sun spectrum, and a little bit about Skylab. I'm grateful that you've taken the time to listen to the show. It would mean a lot if you could leave a review on iTunes and Google Play Music. If you know someone that loves space, history, or pop culture, please share the space shot on Facebook, Insta, Twitter, everywhere you connect with your friends and family. I'm John Mulnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side.